Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry designed for you to fail. Hey, huns, housekeeping time. Just letting you know, winter has absolutely 100% arrived in San Diego. We have a really crazy winter storm coming in today. It's been raining. Apparently, we're going to get snow. I don't know if that's going to happen. We're at 2,000 feet, um, and I've heard rumors that there's possibly snow to 1,500 feet. So if that's the case, like um, I'll definitely be sharing photos and videos of that. Uh, so check my socials about this um, the storm that's coming through if you're interested. Um, so please forgive my extra raspy voice because the cold weather does this to me when it shows up. Um, the main purpose of this entire thing is, so by now I'm sure you guys have seen the rise and fall of LuLaRoe on Discovery Plus. I have a link to a free trial in the show notes if you haven't seen it, so you can watch it. It is about an hour and 45 minutes long, um, and it's a week-long trial. So first I want to start off by saying that I really enjoyed this. It was a different look into LuLaRoe. I know there have been a lot of exposés. We've got the Vice documentary. We've got Lula Rich. We've got countless articles, um, YouTube channels, podcast episodes. There are so many ways to learn about LuLaRoe. And I feel like most of the stories have been told, you know. For me, I was just excited that this expose was different. There's so many facets to the story of LuLaRoe. And I think a lot of times people focus on the really big stories like the billion dollar lawsuit or the stinky leggings, and they don't go down these little other avenues of different people's stories and different experiences and different scandals that happened within LuLaRoe. I mean, LuLaRoe really is the gift that keeps on giving in terms of like peeling back those onions and having more and more like what is even happening here. And even this story, even though it's telling so many new stories, still barely scratches the surface. I know in the Lula Bitch series that we do around here, we do go deeper into these stories and talk to the people that it actually happened to and get the real truth that sometimes left on the cutting room floor or like is too hot to print kind of things. So I know that we, so I know that we have that information and it is out there. Um, But again, like this story is so wonderful because it just opens up so many more doors and so many more like, wait, what? I love being able to give survivors platforms to tell their stories. That's what I do. You guys know that. Just so for those of you that want to see new stories, it's great. I will say that. This documentary came out of uh, years and years of investigative reporting from our friend at BuzzFeed, Stephanie McNeil. Um, Stephanie and I met back in 2017 when I first started speaking out against LuLaRoe and she was writing about it for BuzzFeed. I became one of her sources and uh, we have a really weird connection because we're actually from the same small part of San Diego um, and my daughter goes to the same school that she went to. So it's just weird, like weird little connections. Um, And whenever I see those little connections, it just reminds me that I'm on the right path. You know what I mean? Just little breadcrumbs. I am so proud of Stephanie and the work that she's done and a time back when no one would listen to us. Stephanie was one of the people that would. And I'm just really excited that all of her hard work is now like in a documentary 
and I'm just so unbelievably proud of her. We actually will talk to Stephanie a little later in the show. We'll get more into it then. Another thing about this documentary, I was so happy to see so many expert voices that were women. I just love hearing from women's voices on women's issues. And with about 75% of MLM victims being women, MLM is a huge women's issue. I loved seeing Jane Marie. She's the host of The Dream. She's covered LuLaRoe before. Meg Conley, who actually has a connection to Deanne, which again, those breadcrumbs, right? We've got our girl, Amanda Montel, author of Cultish. I mean, you know how much we love Amanda over here. Another amazing voice that is in this is Vivian Kay. She's a business coach. Uh, she's incredibly fabulous. And then we also get to hear from Rick Ross, who is a cult expert. Just really passionate, amazing expert voices in this film. There are a couple issues that this film touched on that hadn't been previously mentioned in other films before. I really do like that they go a little bit into the sweatshop aspect of creating this fast fashion and sort of how it affects people on the back end. They also talk about prosperity gospel, which is a huge problem. We've talked about it on the show. It's a huge problem. I would actually even like to dive into it more, maybe in 2020, uh, an entire episode about prosperity gospel. So if if you're an expert in that, or if you're interested in, in being a part of that episode, please hit me up and email me um, and let me know because I would love some expert voices on that. I think it's a really important thing that we really need to showcase because it is incredibly toxic and uh, it's not something that we want to perpetuate anymore. I experienced it so much in LuLaRoe. It's not even funny, but I think the heart of this film, and it's because again, there's a personal connection, is Sam Schultz. And um, I will tell you that I know many, 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 many of Sam's victims, I myself included, am a victim of Sam Schultz. Um, he's hurt people emotionally, financially, uh, so many ways. There's, there's a lot of alleged ones in there as well that we will talk about later on this week on Wednesday when we have Carla Hadfield on the show to tell you her whole story. Um, I believe that she is Sam's biggest victim aside from his current family. And again, we get more into that on Wednesday. The, the whole thing with Sam in this documentary, it's, it's, it's really important. I've, I've always joked that Sam Schultz was the Billy McFarland of LuLaRoe before uh, Corey and Bly ever reached out to me <laughs> to talk about making a movie. Um, and, and that connection to the fire fraud again, there's another breadcrumb, but I, I always called Sam that always. And I don't know if you guys were in that clubhouse that we did after Lula Rich came out, but that was the last time that I ever addressed Sam. And I told him how I felt and I told him everything that, that I hadn't said. And now that everything is said, I don't have to say it anymore. Um, Sam and I were friends at a time and I do not consider him to be my friend now, nor will I ever again. And I know that there are people out there that know a bit of Sam's story based on what we've heard in Defective and what we've experienced ourselves. But in the rise and fall of LuLaRoe, you're going to meet another one of Sam's victims. And that was his friend, Elijah Tucker. Now, We've talked a little bit about the whitewashing of LuLaRoe 
in our previous Lula Bitch episodes. And we've talked about it with Shay, and you see in Lula Rich when Shay talks about the cruise. And I've had extensive late night conversations with Shay about the racism in LuLaRoe, like the sock monkey leggings, like the lack of diversity, the tokenism, all of it. We've talked all about that. And it is really highlighted in this doc, which I think is incredibly important. I always felt that LuLaRoe tokenized Elijah. I always felt that... Sorry. <laughs> I felt that LuLaRoe tokenized any person of color or anybody that was diverse every single time they were able to. I know to people on the outside, it looked like, well, look, LuLaRoe has Asian people and black people and Hispanic people and disabled people. But to anybody that was actually on the inside of LuLaRoe, like we knew the truth. And um, 100% LuLaRoe tokenized all of those people for their own personal gain. And it broke my heart because a lot of those people were my friends. And Elijah was one of those people. And Shay was one of those people. And my my friends, an amazing couple that I'm, I'm not going to mention, but I love them so much. They were tokenized by LuLaRoe as well. Really taken through the ringer and used as an example for so many things. And LuLaRoe took their pain and suffering and struggle and monetized it for themselves. It makes me emotional. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just one of my least favorite things about MLM and LuLaRoe especially. I mean, you take something that systemically destroys people. There's so much systemic injustice in this MLM machine. I just want the education to dismantle it so that people can see what was going on. I mean... Elijah even mentions in the documentary that he experienced racism and he experienced being taken advantage of and he experienced the tokenism that I talk about and it just really broke my heart. And of course, you will meet some characters that um, are so close. They're so close, but they're not there yet. And I'm glad they're out of LuLaRoe and I hope they get out of the MLM complex soon. But, you know, we talk about that here a lot. Some people can see the bad in the company, but they can't look outside that and see the bad in the structure. That's why it takes people three to five, right? Before you figure out that it's not you. It's them. And some people are still in that. And we have to give them grace. And we have to understand that um, they're just not there. They're just not there yet. They're so close, but they're just not there yet. And um, it just reminds me that there's still work to be done in the education. There's still work to be done in this movement and in this advocacy. And I'm so proud. I'm so proud of Heather. I'm so proud of Carla for speaking up and speaking their truth. And... Um, and I just know that you guys are going to really enjoy this. So if you are a fan of watching LuLaRoe fall, this is a great addition with new information that you might not already know. If you are a former consultant and a member of Defective and you just want to see all of the shit that we've dealt with over the past four years play out on the big screen, then, you know, this is for you too. I think it's important. I think there's a lot of good stories in here that need to be told. 
And I think it helps move the advocacy because again, it's all about education. It's all about moving forward. It's all about making sure people understand the systemic aspects of this structure so that we can really make a difference. Coming up on this episode of Life After MLM, we have a conversation with creator Stephanie McNeil and another with the admins of the group Defective, Heather Blevins and Julie Dean. Enjoy. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet, and they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the Flow Knit High Rise Boyfriend Jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claim standard approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. They have become an absolute favorite, and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton modal scoop neck tee and some sneakers, and you've got a perfect, effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash MLM. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. Today's episode is a little bit different. It is broken up in a couple different parts. The first part is with journalist Stephanie McNeil, whose 2020 investigative report is the basis of the film The Rise and Fall of LuLaRoe. And then after the break, we will be back with Heather and Julie to talk about the early days of the Facebook group Defective and how that group was even started. Here's Stephanie. We, I, I don't think we've ever spoken in person and I can't believe that it's so, I know, 
I live minutes from where you grew up. I know. It's a, it's a nice drizzly day today in the canyon. So oh just letting God. you know. <laughs> the yeah. perfect day. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. I, 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 the first time I realized that where you lived, I was like, no. Small world. Crazy. I know we have all these really crazy like connections and it's, it's odd that this is the first time we've actually talked face to face. I know that we've talked many times back in 2017 to 2018 when you were writing all of these articles for BuzzFeed and uh, I was one of your sources <laughs> for gathering information. You were so great on camera the other doc, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. And uh, you know, I, I did my best to help with this one the best I could. There was a lot of scheduling conflicts and I wasn't able to do this, but I was able to help you guys on the back end with getting some of those consultant testimonials and things like that out. And so I am so happy that we are just continuing this story, continuing what is going on. And I am so happy that you are behind it because you've been there with us since almost day one. I know, I know. It's so crazy to like, I don't know, obviously doing like a lot of reflection because I feel like, I don't think this is like the end for me, obviously, because I don't, I mean, I think like eventually LuLaRoe will die and I'll have to write something about it, but. Um, uh, we can only hope, right? Like for yeah, real. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I've just been thinking about how like long I've been reporting about this and writing about it. And I, you know, I, I spent some time the other day, like going and look and like compiling every LuLaRoe article I've ever written. And it's, it's crazy. Like, I don't, I don't know if I'll ever do anything like this again. <laughs> I mean, hopefully it would be nice to do something like this again, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, wow. Yeah. And as someone who is now like a full-time anti-MLM advocate and spreading the message around, like reporters like you are so unbelievably important because at a time when no one was willing to listen to us, you did. And so first and foremost, thank you, Stephanie, for that, because you helped open the gate. Had it not been for the articles that you were writing, Bloomberg would have never reached out. Vice would have never reached out. We wouldn't have Lula Rich now, and we wouldn't have the rise and fall of Lula Rowe either. Um, I was blown away. I mean, obviously I know nothing in this was surprising to me because yeah. I lived it, but, um, I was, it, it was so much better than I expected it to be. Um, I've seen so many LuLaRoe things. And for me, a lot of times it is regurgitation because we have to realize most people that hear about LuLaRoe have no idea. And so we really can only scratch the surface, but you were able, I, even just on the heels of all of this and being so deep and knowing so much, you were able to go even deeper with this one and share stories that I think most of the general public have never heard. There are definitely stories in here that I hadn't heard either. Um, and that was kind of, I mean, I feel like, you know, I cover influencers a lot. And one thing I always joke about is there's always an influencer with a million followers I've never heard of. And kind of like, just cause there's so many, it's like a never ending well. And it's similar with LuLaRoe where I just feel like the there's always someone new I've never heard of who has this really compelling story. So I'm like, oh my God, like I can't believe I've never heard about this. Um, but you know, if you think like LuLaRoe had 80,000 consultants at one point, like there's so many people out there whose story really hasn't been told. Absolutely. And I think it is so important to tell as many of those stories as possible because 
just even the common person can see themselves in every single one of these stories of vulnerability, loss, just wanting to have something better in their lives and trusting the wrong person. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's a very universal story. Um, and I, I don't know, I just think that a lot of, I think that's why it's, you know, more than other multi-level marketing company stories, I think it's really resonated with people. Um, you know, we saw how we've seen like at different stages, like different pieces of media about LuLaRoe have really resonated and really performed well in the general public and people have been talking about them. Um, and I think that's why I think like one thing that, you know, I'm really struck by over and over and over again is just the genuine emotion and the you know, how you can really feel for, you know, the people who were in LuLaRoe. Um, and, you know, I think I probably said this to you before, but I mean, that's why I wanted to report on it in the beginning. I was, I was like, I kept getting all these emails about people just being like, oh my God, like this horrible thing is happening to me. Can you help me? And I'm like, no, but <laughs> I can try to write about it, you know? Um, so yeah, I think, I, I don't know. I've, I've gotten some questions about like, why LuLaRoe? Like, why is this such a, why is this something that people keep writing about? And, you know, even I think some of the people who are still in LuLaRoe and, you know, the higher ups are like, why do you guys keep writing about LuLaRoe? Like, what did we do that so wrong? And I think it's, it's really because of the emotion behind it is, is what I think. Yeah. I mean, I feel like LuLaRoe in terms of a predatory company, like hits on so many of the red flags because I, I gotta tell you, like, I have so many people that reach out to me after even Lula Rich came out. So I'm, I'm very much expecting the next wave of people that were like, I saw this film. I'm in a completely different MLM. Everything you said has happened to me. I'm in a cult too. I'm leaving. Oh, wow. And it is incredible. So I don't know if it's just like LuLaRoe just hit on every single box that everybody in MLM is able to see themselves in this story. And that's why it's so big and powerful. Or I don't really know, but like, you know, just, I love that we're able to use it for good and to educate people. Yeah. Going forward. Especially because I feel like since like the first lawsuits were filed against LuLaRoe, there really has been a shift, at least among people, you know, like our age or younger and how they view MLMs, because I'm sure you're aware, um, but, you know, I'm from the same place that you live and I was getting inundated with messages from people trying to recruit me into all of these different things, like people who I hadn't talked to since high school. And, you know, I feel like in like 2015 to 2017, it was just like, everyone was doing it and it was this huge thing and now like the perception of an MLM is so different um and I think like even people I know who were like royal special diamond or whatever in Rodan and Fields or whatever they were doing um you know aren't doing it anymore so it's like it's kind of interesting because I feel like LuLaRoe has kind of like it's the bad press and like everything that's happened and like everyone speaking out against it. I feel like it was kind of on the forefront of this like turn in public perception about MLMs. Um, and then like, there's just been so much advocacy that's come out of it as well. So I have a question for you. Um, since you've been telling stories of LuLaRoe and so many stories of LuLaRoe have been told previously, uh, what made you want to do a new expose and what did you want to show that hadn't already been shown? 
I had done a lot of like short stories on LuLaRoe, um, but I had never written like the saga of LuLaRoe. And I'm sure you're well aware of this, but when you're covering a big story like this, there's just all these little things where it's like, I'm not going to cover and write a whole story about like XYZ random weird thing of LuLaRoe. Like, um, for example, it does it, it's like if people are complaining about the moldy leggings, um, you know, that would take like, it doesn't necessarily fit in just like its own standalone, like a thousand word story. I think people would need the entire context of what's going on. Um, so that was kind of the thought behind the feature was, you know, even when I wasn't following LuLaRoe, you know, I would dip in every once in a while to the Facebook group and see what you guys were up to and, you know, kind of expecting eventually for it all just to die out. And for, you know, even if LuLaRoe, you know, continued in perpetuity, like people just kind of giving up or getting over it, moving on, whatever. And like, it never happened. Like everything's just gone on and on and on. And I don't think that Facebook group has gone like more than a day without like 10 posts. Like, so, um, yeah, so my editor and I decided, um, event at the end of it, just like, this is a really interesting story. Um, I've written all these like smaller bits and pieces over the years. Like I was kind of covering like a beat reporter when something interesting would happen. Um, but you know, let's tell this as a big, long tale, so to speak. Um, and I think once I started working on it, I realized like just how much like there was there and how much um, just like story was there. Um, and yeah, so that, that was the thought behind it. And, you know, now kind of just back to beat reporting when things happen. <laughs> LuLaRoe truly was the gift that just kept on giving in terms of little stories yeah. like that. And there are so many little, I just call them fingers, like little fingers of these offshoots of these bigger stories. Like, yeah, there's the defective leggings, but it's like, there's wet ones, there's moldy ones, there's sun bleach ones, there's ones with holes. And so, yeah, like these little tiny stories, it's really hard to tell little tiny stories. And so this bringing them in and telling these stories, I honestly, like I said, um, I was pleasantly surprised to see new stories. Yeah. Absolutely. I was so excited to see Elijah. Elijah yeah. and I were friends back in the day. So I was so happy to see Elijah. So wonderful to see Carla. I love Carla. Obviously Heather, Heather is my girl. So excited to see Heather in this. So happy that she spoke up. Um, the impact of Defective was instrumental in all of this, that support group. And I know a lot of people um, that are still in LuLaRoe or, you know, protect LuLaRoe like to call that group a hate group, a cult, all kinds of stuff. Um, but, you know, I talk to health professionals and they tell me that like, it's just a big support group. Yeah. Um, what was your perception and experience in Defective as just somebody who was, was looking for stories at the time? I think in the beginning I went in there and because I wanted like I'd read the lawsuit, the first lawsuit about the ripped leggings. And I wanted to get like two people, I think just to like give me some clips on the record. And then I needed my own photos, right? So I couldn't just like take photos from the internet. I needed like ones that people had given me. So that was initially why I went in. And I think one thing that's really struck me from the beginning was just people, I got way more responses than I ever could have like wanted or needed. Um, and just like 
email after email after email. And I think that was like the first indication to me that, um, oh, like there's something going on here because like, you know, at the time I was, uh, you know, a breaking news, like trending reporter. So it's not like, I'm not doing most of the work I was doing was very like one-off things, you know, to, you know, things people find interesting, get some traffic, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, this was like, great, you know, ripped leggings, ripped toilet paper, like people will love this. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I think from defective and then after the first article was published, I just got so many emails from people just like pouring their hearts out to me. And I think that was where I was like, oh, you know, there's really something going on here. But I think in general, one of my perceptions of the group is, I think it's really rare to have a Facebook group that doesn't devolve into chaos, <laughs> which your guys' group really has not. <laughs> um, I'm sure you've had fights or whatever, but as far as I can tell, um, you know, it's been, it's been very, it's always been very supportive and people are, I think feel really comfortable to like spill their guts and that is like pretty rare. Um, and then just the amount of like dog and determination always been really interesting for me to watch as well. Um, and just like how many people are so devoted to aspects of this, um, even, you know, I think like, I guess we're almost like five years on, um, is really, really interesting to me. And it's always like, again, it's like, well, why LuLaRoe, why is LuLaRoe getting all of this attention? It's like, well, you know, you just have to look at the, at the way people reacted, I guess. One of my favorite things about this doc is how much you talk about LuLaRoe and MLMs being cults. That was something that, I mean, I talk about that almost every single day. I think I was the only one in Lula Rich that even mentioned the cult aspect. I love that you have Amanda Montel in this. She <laughs> is brilliant. I love that you have Rick Ross in this. I love that you really dove into the cult aspect so that people really can see that these, these companies, well, let's, I mean, they're not even companies, but these, these scams are actually cults, commercial cults. And so for me, I think that was my absolute favorite thing because that is really what I push all the time. Um, so thank you for that. Um, but what was what was like your experience in in talking and and digging into this cult aspect of MLM? Like, what did you learn? I think what I've learned about MLMs in general, but certainly LuLaRoe, is that how powerful their messaging can be, not just from a "Hey, I want to make money," like you know, whatever sort of experience, but from an emotional experience. And I think that's something that people don't really understand and how powerful that can be. Um, not only just believing one, like one way of the world, like, oh, you know, this is going to make me money and this is going to bring some like joy to my family and blah, 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 blah. But also like the in thinking once you're in a group like LuLaRoe where, you know, I think it's really surprising when ladies and defective are like, I dressed so weird and I didn't even like these clothes. I never would have dressed like this, but then all of a sudden I was doing that. And I think that psychological aspect of it is really compelling to me. It's like how you can really get sucked in and you can just like, it's really easy to get sucked into something like this, you know? Like it's really easy to get like, even sucked into like a hobby or, you know, like during COVID, like people got sucked into some weird stuff, you know what I mean? But. Um, so I think like, I think that's what people, I hope people take away from all of my reporting, but also the documentary and then just all of what we're trying to do and like share in general, which is like, 
it's not just about like, oh, I'm trying to make money, but not work that much. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to get rich. It's more about like, hey, I felt like I was really a part of something that was really special. And I had all of these friends and I had, you know, all of this, you know, community that quite frankly, I think a lot of people could use, especially when they have young children. Um, And then, you know, having that all be taken away and just the psychological damage that can inflict, I think. I think that's like something that I've always hoped people got out of this story because I think it's really interesting. Well, I will say that I'm impressed. It was great. Um, I'm so proud of you and your work and, and how far we've all come. I'm so excited that like, it's just, this movement is just growing. The awareness is growing and I'm just, I'm so excited to see what 2022 will bring, not only with LuLaRoe, the rise and the fall is what we're hoping for here, but just where anti-MLM is going, where cult education is going, the awakening of people who, um, you know, have chosen to follow the wrong people and are, are, and are awakening again. I think COVID helped that a lot. Mm-hmm. People had a lot of time to think and experience things and go, wait a second, Um, and I just, I really, I really enjoyed this. I I really hope everybody checks it out. Um, it's just, it's, it's fantastic. Thank you so much. It was so great to talk to you and congratulations. Look at you with this podcast. I mean, like, I know, right. It's so fun. I know. I know. So good for you. I think it's awesome. Yeah. So we're just going to keep plugging along. We're going to keep telling the story of LuLaRoe and multi-level marketing and cults and keep teaching people what the red flags look like and sound like so that that we can eradicate this scam and this fraud and this flim flam and it's it's really again I want to thank you it is really so much to people like you reporters and people that have the ability to get the information out there thank you for listening to us back in 2017 because you have changed so many lives in a domino effect that you don't even know about Oh, well, thank you. Well, <laughs> Congrats on everything. You too. I'm so excited. I cannot wait to see how I know. this goes and how this blows up. And I've got all kinds of advocates who are ready to just push it through and, and let's get it to number one as fast as we possibly can. Thank you so much, Stephanie. And thank you for sharing Sam's story. Oh, a little bit yeah. deeper, right? Because that's going to give a lot of people things to Google and I'm very excited. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'm really excited to introduce to you guys two of my friends, two of the people that with, without these women, none of this is possible. Without these women, I don't exist as Roberta, the anti-MLM advocate or anything. So I, I just, these women changed my life. I love them so much. I'm going to try not to get emotional, but um, my wife, Heather Blevins, <laughs> or Blythely, <laughs> and- <laughs> And Julie Dean. <laughs> Hello. I'm not your wife. I'm your mother, right? You're my mother. You're my mother. Our mother. I'm everybody's mommy. <laughs> so for everybody listening who are like, who the hell are these people? You met Heather <laughs> in the rise and fall of LuLaRoe. And Julie is this amazing faceless person <laughs> who... <laughs> who is the reason that the, the number one reason we are all here at all. So um, let's start with Julie and what you did that started a revolution. 
It was really over a pair of leggings. My damn leggings ripped. And I had to buy those things in an outfit, you know, they were black. So you know how they were the coveted unicorn. So that thing cost me, what, 65 bucks plus shipping back then. And I was furious. They ripped the first time and nobody cared. The lady blocked me on Facebook. She wouldn't answer my calls. I called LuLaRoe. I waited three hours on hold because I happened to be going through a mastectomy at the time and I had nothing but time on my hands. So I was laying on the couch, spent three hours on hold with LuLaRoe. Oh and they didn't God. care either. <laughs> I remember those wait times. I cannot believe you sat on hold that long. I had nothing else to do. I put it on speaker. I was mad. It cost me a lot. I didn't even want the damn Irma. I wanted the leggings. So I was mad. I wanted my money back. It was a lot of money. And, and so, when, I mean, 65 bucks for leggings, it pisses you off. I wore them maybe 20 minutes. I got in the car. I drove to a store. And by the time I came back, there was runs down the front of them. You know, like I'm, I was 60 or 59 or 58 at the time. I wasn't jumping and running and playing. I didn't go to the gym. I sat in a car. And if they gave, at the time, I was wasting away to nothing. I weighed maybe 120 pounds soaking wet. And for them, don't tell me they're the wrong size. They weren't teens, you know, or tweens, whatever they are. So, you know, I was mad. I wanted my money back. So I started a group. I wasn't the only one. <laughs> and lots of people decided to join. And then Heather came and saved my day. And then you came. <laughs> <laughs> Build it and they will come, Julie. <laughs> yes, and they did. And they came and they came and they came. I, Roberta, we were almost, I know we said 70,000 in the video, but I think it was more in the 80s, on top almost 90,000 when they, you know, dumped Defective. I always joke that Defected, I always joke that Defective had more LuLaRoe retailers in it than like LuLaRoe actually had because like- And more family. Yeah, and we're all a big, huge family over there now. I mean, I wonder how many sock accounts Deanne and Mike had. Oh my God, yes. So Heather joins Defective and- so this was even before I was in, in there. I was still slinging the leggings and slurping the Kool-Aid and being like, yeah, you, didn't <laughs> you guys, <like> us. <laughs> that group is a hate group. And now you all love us. You know, I actually was really curious of that group. I just have a really curious nature. And like reading all the stuff that was out in early 2017, it sparked my interest. And the group was mentioned a lot. And I was like, I really want to join that group. But I think it was mentioned a lot, like mentioned at events or in groups. No, it was like mentioned in like, like articles or like people talking like, oh, it's from that hate group. Oh, it's that hate group that's talking. Oh, they're just spreading lies. And I was like that. Okay. But if we take ourselves out of the ridiculousness of like, that's a group of people that just hate us for no reason other than to hate us. Like if we take ourselves out of that absolutist, ridiculous, culty language, I was like, but why is there a group? Like, not just that there is a group, why? And it made me very curious. And so it was always in the back of my mind that there really was a group of people who had most likely very valid things to say, especially as I was reading articles and experiencing going, wait a second, that also happened to me. 
So that even piqued my interest even more. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that felt the exact same way. So people I did have sock accounts. I doing the cruise. Don't join defective, the sticky note. <laughs> that was my favorite, favorite thing I've ever seen. I loved that, that we were even mentioned on it. I like how LuLaRoe tried to kind of play down the group, but Justin Lyons was in there. That was my favorite one. When someone pointed out Justin was in there because we didn't know, we didn't know who anyone was when it was Julie and I and a couple other admins. I didn't know who was a consultant and who wasn't. Yeah, we didn't know who family were. I don't even think we knew who Mark and Deanne were until probably six months in, maybe, maybe a little less. But I mean, we really joined or I joined as a customer and I had no idea what was going on behind the scenes. So it was really a huge learning curve for us. I mean, when someone was like, yeah, Justin's in the group. And I was like, okay, who's that? <laughs> like, why do I care? And then when they explained- I don't know how we stayed on as long as we did because we knew nobody. Wow, that's incredible that in the very early days, I mean, not surprising, but really, and, and on their main accounts, not even in like socks, like on their full main yeah. accounts. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I clicked on- Well, we were let everybody in at one point unless we knew they were a consultant remember that they weren't allowed to join if they were consultants yeah in the very beginning it was customers only because consultants would attack the customers and be like oh no lularo's fine there's nothing wrong you did something wrong it's your fault the leggings ripped it's your fault um it's not a quality issue um you must have washed them and dried them wrong like okay <laughs> so we couldn't let consultants in at first and then consultants started joining and not wanting to ask questions and I remember I still remember the conversation we had in the group chat in the admin chat about whether we should change that because I knew that was going to change the dynamic hugely and um I knew then that it was gonna it was gonna turn into something I didn't know it was gonna get this big or do what it did <laughs> I didn't think the group was gonna do all this but that's when I knew it was a turning point because I found out the consultants were really being silenced in their upline groups and getting seriously punished and canceled for it. All I wanted was my yeah. money back. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I joined. It's so funny because I had the exact same reason for joining as Julie for creating the group. Um, I bought a pair of leggings and the first day I wore them out in public, they started developing holes and pilling and the fabric was falling off of my legs. Um, it was insane. I was in a meeting and I wiped my hand down my leg and it just came off covered in pills just little fabric pills. And I couldn't believe it. I was so embarrassed. I was thankful I was wearing shorts over them because I was like, there's no way I'm going to survive the rest of this day. And no one oh. noticed, thank God. But oh my goodness. Oh my God. Um, I had a customer that was a friend of mine from high school and she reached out to me and she was like, um, she was a teacher. And I might've told the story already on the podcast. I don't know, but she, she literally was like, um, Roberta, like, um, I'm wearing leggings and a Carly I bought from you. And like my ass is showing like, <laughs> and the whole bottom, like in like a, a smiley face on one cheek was just boink, like the pictures you see on. Google, thank God right? she had a Carly on. <laughs> yeah. She goes, thank God I have a Carly on. And then an hour later, she messaged me to let me know that the other butt cheek was oh, no. hanging out. I felt horrible. She was a middle school teacher. <laughs> like that's not the place that to happen no, it isn't. oh my god and that was I think the first where I was like okay this is someone I know that I went to high school with it was a friend of mine she's showing me pictures I literally just mailed those to her like a week ago not even that what is going on that was yeah. like the first moment that I was like okay it's finally happened to me this is actually happening yeah when I reached out to the retailer that I bought them from just like Julie she refused a refund um, she said she would 
uh, happily exchange it, but I'd have to mail them back to her. And I, I just didn't truthfully have the time and I didn't want to exchange it. I didn't want another pair of leggings. I didn't want it to happen again. So that's when I posted to my own personal Facebook and a friend of mine, that was the one that kind of turned me on to LuLaRoe, went to high school with her, <laughs> you know, the, the stereotypical story, you know, someone from high school, Hey, you need to check these out, join this party. Um, she commented and she said, Oh, well, did you dry them? And I said, yeah, the, the tag, the tag says wash and dry, dry on low. And she goes, Oh no, you're not supposed to dry them. You're supposed to hang them. So she was basically saying it was my fault. And I couldn't get a refund. And I was like, no, this is insane. I didn't do anything wrong here. Plus you can't get the same thing anyway. Yeah. Because so like I, I got the coveted black leggings. There wasn't, there weren't another pair there. What was I going to do? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so I did a, I did a quick search and there wasn't much on like Google or anything available about LuLaRoe besides, you know, their marketing and stuff and parties, of course, and sales and Finally, on Facebook, I found the group, Lularo Defective, and joined that. And I think there's only maybe 300 people in it at the time. Yeah, you, uh, it was small when you joined it. Yeah, that's wow. crazy. It was like forever ago. And what, what do you remember? Six like years what now? Month? It was October or November? October, I think. It was October 2016. I think I might have joined pretty quickly after you started it then. Because yeah, I, I wasn't in it long before you were in it. Yeah, I joined in October or November because I remember... Um, what event I was doing when they fell apart. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was so long then, ago. Lucky I remember anything. That's <laughs> true. <Julie. laughs> wow. So 2000, late 2016, it was formed. And then it wasn't even until August of 2017 that I got the courage to hit the join button. Um, and so I went to find the page to join it. We didn't block you. I couldn't find the page. We blocked you? <laughs> yes, I had been blocked and I didn't know why. And I was like, what did I do? Something had happened and I had gotten we blocked. We found out you were a consultant. We yeah, blocked it said you on, when you it tried said to on join. My, it said on my thing that I was a, a trainer for LuLaRoe. Yep, that's why we Heather blocked, blocked me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah you were definitely <laughs> blocked. <laughs> Anyone above like a regular consultant, anyone that held a rank, we were really cautious of because people were coming in and joining to check and see if any of their downlines were in, like Katie Mae Mooney would scour the group list. And if anyone was in our group, they couldn't sit with her. So after we saw- How did this not make it in? <laughs> yeah, she ruined it for everyone. <laughs> yeah, so um, I reached out to my friend who was in there and I said, well, who do I message to talk about this? And she goes, message Heather. So I messaged Heather and I, I'm, I'm sure those, we still have those messages if we scroll oh, all I'm the sure. way to the very beginning. Oh, I'm, sure. I'm sure. To the effect of like, um, I'm not really sure why I'm blocked, but I would love to be able to join. And you're like, you're a trainer. That's why. Like very matter of factly. <laughs> I was like, no, I get that, but I'm actually leaving, but I have to leave that up because I don't want anybody to know that I'm leaving and I just need answers. And you were like, one sec. And then you let me in. Was, yeah. Then we had a conference. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we had a everything was a conference back. back then. It was a nine hour work day back then. We were we were oh, all on it all day, every day. Nine hours is being a little uh, modest there. <laughs> no, I know. I, I know. I my kids hated me for a while. I had carpal symptoms for a minute from scrolling so much. I will say that like being all in with LuLaRoe was, was definitely replaced with being all out of LuLaRoe and like that obsession 
of like being, eh, what's the LuLaRoe? It's amazing. It was literally replaced with, oh my God, defective is where you need to be. You have to read these posts. Literally everything is true. I can confirm it's all happened to me. What the hell is happening right now? I spent the first week in there in tears. I don't doubt it. How many others like you did too? Most probably. I, Most I mean, people. really think about it. Everybody that came in, they had a C after a while. Yeah. We're all lying. Yeah. And it's so crazy to me now with the documentaries all coming out and new eyes seeing this for the first time and consultants that didn't join the group or didn't know about it and are kind of seeing all this play out. It's, it's crazy to me to think back when we were first having posts of moldy tags. We were first hearing about consultants getting wet shipments and random items in their boxes and us not having any idea why. And now it's kind of living, living that and discovering the whys with people coming in and joining from the warehouse and being like, oh, I can answer that. I know why they were wet. They were being stored outside. I know why there's random stuff in there. There's no quality control and people are dropping things in boxes. So it's kind of crazy yeah. to think, because we experienced it all in real time. This is such a different perspective. Yeah. And I was talking to Stephanie and saying like, you know, I watched this and for me, nothing was a surprise, obviously, because I lived it. You lived it. We saw all of this happen. Um, but what I loved so much about this, and we can segue into this, is it is different. That is my favorite part about this expose. It's different. It's not the Vice documentary. It's not Lula Rich. It's different. There's different yeah, people. Is. There's different stories. There's different perspectives. Every single time Deanne gets on a live, every time something like this comes out and she goes, it's just one or two people being sad and being angry. Oh, I wish you could just be happy instead. Block them. Like every time that happens, like more people watch these and see that there's more victims and no, more stories that we haven't heard yet and more atrocities. And there's more villains that are not just Mark and Deanne. There's even more villains in these stories. And people are like really seeing what's happening in this in this company and in MLM three documentaries general, later <laughs> and we still haven't told the whole story oh we missed so much there's so so much that what didn't get hit on that i would have loved to have seen i will say i did love seeing bobby's face yes i was upset second. there was no story attached exactly to like why face. show his face like so i can slap him yeah i don't know why they chose to include that um obviously i wasn't involved beyond oh yeah uh, you didn't i know you didn't cut it my interview but i did i did talk about that when i was interviewed um i did talk about that whole debacle um and how disgusting that was so i don't know maybe yeah, was, I talked about it too when they interviewed me for Lula Rich. And I wonder um, why they didn't include it. Something legally that they're why they're not including it. Possibly. Because everybody seems to have talked about it because it's such one of the worst ones. Possibly. Maybe that or because there was so much media coverage, they feel maybe it was already covered. It could be. What else do you wish they covered? Um, I don't know. I'm kind of glad they left the lab stuff out. Oh, I would have loved to have seen that. I'd like to know where they are now, to be honest. Yeah. Well, you actually, let's just talk about that. So we have briefly mentioned the lab on Lula Bitch episodes while people like will talk about it. Um, yeah. And briefly mention it. But Heather, you really experienced something 
really horrible with the lab. And I would love for you to share that with everybody that's listening. Oh, I hate giving it any more attention than it already got. Um, but I mean, that was, again, that attention was as real time as it was going. And I know there's a lot of people that missed what happened. Um, it, it was kind of another one of those, it started with anonymous posts. So one of the main things I did and still do to a lesser extent now is post anonymously for people. I don't know if it was because I was on pretty regularly at the time, um, but I noticed people were getting kicked out of the group, out of their upline groups if they got caught commenting or posting in defective. So I offered to post things anonymously if people would message them to me. So I didn't even know that we had posted about this particular consultant. And I think, cause we require groups to be blocked, group names to be blocked, faces to be blocked unless they're quote unquote Lula famous. Um, we were really cautious. We didn't want people to get harassed. We didn't want people to get doxxed. We wanted to protect, even if they were being terrible human beings, we don't want anything bad to happen um, or to negatively impact them beyond what they're already doing to themselves at Lula Row. <laughs> um, all of a sudden there was a post that was brought to my attention. Someone sent me a screenshot of a man in a hat holding a sign with our group name on it saying lab rats sickum. And we're like, well, just heads up, a bunch of people are joining and it's not for good reasons. And then it began. <laughs> we had added some people and we didn't realize they were, I guess, fans of uh, the lab. And they called their uh, followers lab rats. <laughs> and, uh, they all kind of descended on the group and started reporting things and just trolling in general. So I posted in the group and I said, hey, heads up everyone. Um, this is what's happening. Uh, we're gonna try and get this under control, but until then, just hang tight. You know, just know we're aware of it. And then it started escalating. Um, I don't know exactly why. Um, we definitely asked people not to interact with them. We asked people to just let us handle uh, the admin side for us. And the next thing I got was um, a warning to my messages from another person, another one of his group members that he had posted a video and they were concerned for my safety. So, no, I think it was a screen recording and he was live and he said, uh, oh gosh, I'd have to watch it again to quote it directly. But he basically said um, that he wanted to exterminate me <laughs> in, in, in so many words. So that was definitely an experience. Um, and LuLaRoe did nothing. Yeah, so what happened is I, I was kind of trying to ignore it. Um, try, I didn't really take it seriously at first, but I posted it to the group to get, you know, to let people know what was happening and just kind of make sure people were aware of it and how crazy this was getting. Um, because he had posted another video calling me out by name. So I know this one was directed towards me too. Um, and I had multiple people message me and comment on those saying, you know, you really need to take this seriously. You need to report this to the police which I did, I called the police and they weren't interested. They told me it was a cyber crime, so it was federal. And I needed to contact the FBI, which that's never anything I, anyone really wants to hear. <laughs> I think that's kind of crazy making. Being part of a Facebook group led me to having to call the FBI. It's a little surreal still, um, which I did. <laughs> what about your unicorn, uh, your unicorns on your cease and desist letter? <laughs> yeah, that came, that wasn't that for us? That, that did come first. So somewhere in between this crazy back and forth, um, 
we all received, all the admins and mods, all of us received a cease and desist letter on unicorn letterhead um, paper accusing us of all sorts of things. I actually reread it when we were filming for um, The Rise and Fall of Little Row. And I don't think I ever read it, to be honest, when I first got it. I think I just skimmed it. But he's accusing our group and us of some really terrible things, um, calling him names, ordering things and canceling. And, and truthfully, I'm thinking back and I'm trying to, I was trying to figure out what he was talking about because that was never anything that we would ever. No, we act. never did ever. But there were a lot of groups back then that were trolling. Oh, <laughs> like, yes. the, like the people that trolled at the Pearl parties. And I don't want to mention any of them specifically by name, but you know what I'm talking about. And if yes. you know, you there are quite a few serious troll groups going around, um, live videos, any live videos, any live sales. Um, so I'm thinking he assumed or decided to blame us for that just because we were so prominent at the time. Um, but yeah, so we got that sent uh, certified and regular way mail. <laughs> and, and email. Yeah, and emails. Oh yeah, I forgot we got emails. We got those emails. Did everybody know. I didn't know how to even contact the FBI when the police told me I needed to contact the FBI. I was like, how do you even do that? So I <laughs> me I went and um googled FBI <laughs> near me <laughs> and uh up popped the San Francisco office so I called them and the woman on the phone was very confused um she made me explain how Facebook works how Facebook groups work I think she thought I was completely Looney Tunes probably <laughs> <laughs> so I explained it and then I played the video I said no please can you just let me play it for you and I played her the video I played her two videos. The first one where, she, where he mentions my name. And as soon as he says my name, she stops. She goes, oh, hold on. He just, he just said your name. And I said, yes, please listen, just listen to this one too. And I played it for her and she's, she takes it, suddenly starts taking it very seriously. And I have to go from the beginning and start the whole story again. And now she's typing and inputting information. And by the end of it, she told me I have to call the police and file a police report, whether they like it or not, to tell them that the FBI recommended that I file something locally. So they were not interested. <laughs> they were very upset. They came like at midnight that night. I called them in the morning. They came at midnight banging on my door and I had to give them a copy of my letter. I had two copies, of course, regular way and certified. This is like, these are cult tactics. Like here's more proof that LuLaRoe is a cult. Their reps are literally harassing you and like sending you death threats to the point that you had to go to the FBI that was near you, which is very funny, <laughs> the FBI yeah. near me, and go to the FBI and form, local like, FBI. file a complaint with the FBI? Yeah, That's and insane. I- insane. After I filed that report, um, I don't know, I think it was probably the next day. It took a while for me to process what was going on. I just kind of had to sit there and be like, what am I doing with my life? Like, where did I go sideways here? And it was she nothing to quit. I did, but um, no. So I emailed, um, I believe I emailed LuLaRoe customer support, which that poor, <laughs> that poor, that poor agent that had to read that email. I mean, emailed- it, it was probably Daryl. Let's be honest. <laughs> right. Sorry, <laughs> Daryl. Um, and I also emailed Lula Law um, directly, and they basically said, sorry, he's not a consultant. His wife is. So they weren't responsible for anything. And I'm like, okay, even though he's the one doing all the live sales, he's the one in charge of it. He's obviously the one running the show. He's the face of the business. Okay. Okay. What That's a fine. lovely, like God loving company to be like, oh, people that are associated with us are sending you death threats. 
wait, let me check. No, 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 no. That's the person that's associated with us. Husband. Yep. No, that's fine. The husbands are allowed to my ex-husband my address. Oh, that's right. Oh. And it gets better. Um, I can't find the picture. It's killing me. But there's actually a picture of them after this incident on a cruise sitting with Mark and Deanna. I mean, I'm sure that it was just one of those photo ops. But there's a picture of them somewhere out in the world of the lab sitting with Mark and Deanne on a cruise ship. Like after they sent death after. threats and harassed yeah, and they, sent they the loved them known they location to somebody them. who's not allowed to know where you are. They That's gave fun. them product. <laughs> they probably gave him an attaboy pat on the back. No, he did. <laughs> <sighs> so I now like, so the last thing that I really want to talk to you guys about is just defective in general. We've gotten so much hate from obviously people inside LuLaRoe and people that are associated with LuLaRoe called us a hate cult, a hate group, um, that we're tearing down women, that we just want to see everybody fail, that we're negative, that we're haters. You know, everything that you hear, we've been called plus more. Oh, absolutely. But to me, the effective was none of those things. It wasn't to most people. I think anybody inside would agree with you, Julie. Um, Heather, what are your experiences with Defective being an admin and seeing even more than most people see in there? Well, from the beginning, my objective for joining Defective was simply to get a refund for the leggings I bought that were Defective. And once I was able to obtain a refund eventually, um, my next objective was, okay, I was able to get a refund. How can I help others get a refund? So that was my first kind of mission statement, I guess, in my head was how do I help people? How do I get help them get their money back? And then when it sort of started to evolve into consultants needing help, not just customers, we were like, well, we've already gone this far. You know, we've, we've done what we can to help get refunds for customers, which admittedly we weren't very successful at. I didn't get mine. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, Julie. I still um, didn't get it. Next, once I found out consultants were really, you know, being told that they're being gaslit. They're being told that they were crazy, that, you know, this is only a one-off issue. You're the only person having this problem. I'm sorry you're experiencing this, but this isn't the norm. And then them coming and joining Defective and seeing that it absolutely was the norm, that all these people were having the exact same issues and they weren't alone. They weren't crazy. I didn't know how to help, but I knew just listening was helping some people. They weren't feeling as crazy and as isolated. Letting them talk to each other helped. Yeah. Like in a safe space. And again, how we posted everything anonymous for people. Yeah. That how was many consultants it. posted in there? That yeah, happened that constantly. Before, yeah. And that was before Facebook had the anonymous post option. I mean, right. And before we even had post approval, we were doing this. We were having people message us. Defective was instrumental in my decision to leave LuLaRoe. Instrumental. I mean, you know, I say that Mike and Leah saved my life because I saw an episode of their show and it was like, oh my God, I'm in a cold. But like, had it not been for Defective and like the support that I got in there from people who also were experiencing getting stinky leggings, getting wet leggings, being gaslit, being told, you know, these lies and being convinced of other things and being basically trapped to stay longer than we wanted to. Like, I finally found people that were like, yeah, me too. And I was like, holy fuck, I'm not crazy. 
yeah, we just wanted to have a space where people could talk and be open and honest and not be, you know, removed from their upline, their only source of support. I mean, that was insane to me when I started hearing that people just for commenting or just being a member of the group were being removed from their upline groups. That's their only source of support. They weren't getting canceled by LuLaRoe necessarily. They were just left on their own with questions about taxes and um, proper sales tax and why am I getting hard hits on my credit when LuLaRoe said I wouldn't and they couldn't get any answers and they definitely couldn't get any answers from LuLaRoe. So where are they supposed to go? And we didn't all, we never had the answers. I mean, I know everyone says we did so much. We found uh, them. Yeah, I really don't think, I, I don't think I did that much. I mean, I really don't. We helped connect people that had the yeah, answers. Absolutely. I feel we did. We just gave them a space to do it in and somehow found the audience. Yeah, um, it was a really amazing place where you could really just openly, genuinely ask a question or ask for help or advice. And so many people were willing to chime in with their experiences and validations. It was transformative. And I mean, in the beginning, I don't know if you, I think you were there. I'm not sure if you were there yet, but in the beginning, we even had uh, the mocks, Michael and Jennifer. Um, they were, they were active. That was fun though. That was, they were great. They, they felt so bad. They were so, they loved LuLaRoe. They were so about it. And they were actually the embodiment of what LuLaRoe wanted their consultants to be. They were refund, they were uh, exchanging, I'm sorry. They were exchanging um, defective products for people that weren't even their customers. I mean, I, I'm sure they did hundreds. I'm sure they did at least hundreds and they were, you know, going through the program with LuLaRoe. Um, and they actually ended up leaving the group. They said, you know, um, we've done a lot of good here and I appreciate what you're doing, but this group just seems a little too negative for us. And so we're gonna go. And I was like, okay, you know, that's fine. That's no big deal. I really appreciate everything you've done. And they left the group. A couple months later, I get a message. Um, I've got to look, I think it was Michael. He messaged me and said, um, LuLaRoe canceled our contract. Um, we're coming back to the group. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that when they were leaving that post that day? Oh, his flounce be allowed the one flounce. Oh, that flounce was the best was flounce so in the whole world. That was so fun. Oh, I wish we still had that. Oh, that so group. do I. I think it's our old group. Yeah, it was definitely in the old group. That was a while back. And that was, I forgot about the flounce. That was so that good. That was the best post, I think, in the whole group ever. It went <laughs> on for two days. <laughs> Just people saying goodbye, good riddance. You don't have to let us know. <laughs> well, for anybody that's listening right now, where can they join our new group? And what is it called so they can find us? come see us on Facebook at Defectors Support and also on Reddit. I believe it's, oh gosh. Defective Detective? Defective Detectives? Is that what it's called on Reddit? I think so. Defective Detectives Tea Room, something like that. I think I will throw those in the show notes for everybody that wants more information. Thank you so much, Heather and Julie, for coming on here and sharing about the old days of Defective. Um, you guys are amazing and I love you so much. Oh, we love you. Love you too, Berta thank you so much for listening to life after mlm please don't forget to like and subscribe and share with all of your anti-mlm friends as well see you next time